Welcome to today's message from Refuge Point Church. We would love for you to join us for one of our exciting worship gatherings each Sunday at either 9.30 a.m. or 11.15 a.m. We're located right off of I-85 in downtown West Point, Georgia. For more information, check us out online at www.refugepointchurch.org. Or you can download our church app by searching for Refuge Point Church in iTunes or Google Play. Now, here's today's message. All right, First Corinthians. So we have been in a series on relationships uh, called Goals. And what I didn't want to do in this uh, series is make this all about uh, marriages because that's not the primary um, it's probably not the majority of our audience um, here, uh, but just by show of hands, like how many of you are married, all right? So don't keep your hands up. Don't be that ashamed, Quint Quint. Uh, yeah, so I mean, you could see that there's a lot of us that didn't, well, a lot of you, I raised my hand, but there's a lot of you that didn't uh, raise your hand, and that's all right. I ain't going to single you out. Uh, I just want to talk to you. Uh, because when I talk to, about relationships, I know sometimes in church that can be a little weird uh, because the marriages, they get the spotlight all the time. And that's good. We need to strengthen our marriages in the church. We're going to be talking about marriages next week. Uh, but reality is, is we need to talk to some of our people, the, most of our people who aren't married in this church. And so we're going to talk to you singles. But don't check out on me if you are married. Uh, because I'm going to be um, hollering at you too, because uh, you need to be uh, talked to also in this process. Um, singles, so I'm talking to you. Um, this has right. kind of been a difficult sermon to uh, kind of get together because uh, I started dating Miranda uh, when I was 19, and we married like two years after that. I was 21 uh, when I got married. And we've been married for 15 years. I know that was like shocking to you because you thought I was like 25. So it's all it's all good. Willie thought I was 25, but sorry, Willie. So you can do the math on that. So 15 years. It's been a long time. Um, not like that. I mean, it was a good. It's been a good 15 years. Anyway, what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that it's been a few minutes since I was single. So what I just want to do instead of giving you um, Matthew, I want to just read the Bible, all right, because that may be really helpful to you this morning. Uh, so 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, I'm going to pick it up in verse 25. So Paul here is about to answer a question uh, that was posed among the Corinthian believers. Uh, is it wrong to marry? Uh, is it wrong to be single? And these are the questions that Paul is addressing. In fact, Paul throughout all of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, is dealing with uh, relationships. And he's dealing with something that uh, the church uh, hasn't been historically well at dealing with. Uh, we want the church to talk about things that honestly, in the end, let's just be straight, um, they matter, but do they really matter that much? We want somebody to, let, can we please talk about Calvinism versus Arminianism? Can we please talk about dispensationalism versus covenantal theology? Can we please talk about eschatology? And I need to know if the 6664 horsemen are going to come out of them woods like they do down there in LaGrange and they're going to talk southern and all that stuff. So I need to know these things, preacher. And let me, let me, let me, let me say this. How many of them people in the world are asking those questions? The, the, the point... 
point is, is that, you know, I think we can, we, praise God, <laughs> we can, the battery fell out of this microphone or something, we can get so caught up on things that we can have disagreements with, we can get caught up with theology, that in the end, can we just, can I just ask the question, does it really matter? Does how you view eschatology and how it differs from my view of eschatology, honestly, do we have to sit here and talk about it? The church rather does not want to talk about sex. Church doesn't want to talk about singles. Church doesn't want to talk about marriages and how they're failing. So here's my boy, Pastor Paul. I don't like the way Paul talks because he shoots straight from the hip. And he's about to get these jokers because these Corinthians were all about looking the, well, looking the good part. You know, that's, in my mind, that's what they want to do. Let's talk, let's talk theology, pastor. And Paul's like, no. Nah. Let's talk about how you're treating your spouse. Let's talk about how some of you singles view sex as a game. And so here's what he's doing. So he, he comes to this text in verse 25, and he answers this question about singles. Is it wrong to marry? And, and I want to say this, that, that for if you are single, um, this, this perhaps isn't just a temporary assignment for some of you, but for some of you, it may be a permanent assignment. And, and that's okay because Paul's going to give you some, uh, some good information. So look at verse 25. I've done enough talking. Now concerning the betrothed, all right, that's the word that we don't really understand. That word just literally in the Greek translates as virgins. All right. So concerning the virgins, concerning the betrothed, I have no command from the Lord, but I'm going to give you my judgment. He's going to give him their, his pastoral counsel. As one who, by the Lord's mercy, is trustworthy, I, I think that in view of the present distress, it's good for a person to remain as he is. Ouch. Are you bound to a wife, some of you husbands are like, yes. <laughs> Don't you love like his language right there? Like, dang, Paul, it ain't that bad, bro. Do you seek to be free? <laughs> are, you free are, you, are you free from a wife? Do not seek a wife, but if you do marry, you haven't sinned. And if a betrothed woman marries, she's not sinned yet. Those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I'd spare you of that. <laughs> That's like the funniest verse. I laughed in my own time, all right? Myrna didn't see me laughing about that, you know? He's, he's singling out these, these married people. You see, you see how trouble they got? How many trouble they got? Mm-hmm. That's what you're about to have, too. Amen, married people. Where y'all at? Y'all leaving me high and dry up here this morning. Let me move on to my quick points real quick before I get in the doghouse this morning. There's just a few things that I want you to know. and I want to help you out. Uh, you could set some goals for being single. Now, again, I ain't the one to tell you what your goals should be uh, if you're single. But I, I do think that from the biblical standpoint, these are some pretty good goals for you to have if you're single here. Uh, this morning. Here's the first thing that I want you to realize. Realize that if you're single, all right, and really this applies to everyone, uh, realize that your identity is in Christ. Now, this is something that, uh, that I just want to really hammer on, if I can, for a little bit. 
when, when I meet with some, some single people uh, and, and perhaps are counseling, and I meet with single guys, all right? I'm not meeting with single females, okay? Um, when I'm meeting with single guys, the, the thing that, that, that you need to uh, let resonate in your soul is that your identity is found in Christ. Your identity cannot be found in a marriage. Ladies who are single, your identity cannot be found in a husband, in a marriage. Because let me go ahead and, and go ahead and just flatten all of my single ladies uh, and my single guys' view on this. All right, your spouse will disappoint you probably more than anyone will disappoint you. And the reason why is because we've placed our identity in the marriage. Somebody going to be in trouble too tonight that the reason is that that we've placed our identity in this marriage because we want we think that this person that we're going to be married to is going to satisfy everything in our soul your spouse or your future spouse they make a cruddy god they, they will not be able to carry the burden and carry the weight of being your savior I make a crummy, terrible savior for my spouse. I can't carry that weight. There's only one person that carried the weight for you to be your savior, and that's Jesus. Your identity, first and foremost, my single peeps, must be found and wrapped in who Christ is and what Christ has done for you. That's where your identity is. Because if your identity, if you're seeking out your identity to be in relationships, you're gonna be sorely, sorely disappointed. You just wait when that husband put down that toilet seat and you fall in. Who was your savior then? Somebody gonna be calling nine one one because the spouse about to get crazy. That's what's about to happen. I mean, we have some young young gears in here, but but husbands like when. When that sexuality is not there, if you're tracking, uh, there's going to be some very, very discouraged and disappointments. But I thought she was the answer to all my problems, preacher. Said who? The devil? <laughs> so, so our identity, first and foremost, my single people, and, and, and all, of, all of us, our identity has to be found uh, in Christ. Uh, the second thing that I want you to know is for you single people to find, find, find contentment in gospel-rooted friendships. Find contentment in gospel-rooted friendships. Your spiritual family, the church, is here to sustain you and, and to be there for you. And, and really, honestly, if we're, we're straight here this morning, there should not be a lonely person in Refuge Point. There shouldn't be a lonely person here in Refuge Point because we should all be diving deep into gospel-rooted friendships. Amen. And don't mistake singleness for being alone either. Because just because you're single doesn't mean that you have to be alone. Amen. God has given you the family of God, the church, to be there for you, to help sustain you through, even if you're, you're in that temporary position of singleness. The family of God is here 
Now, and then that, so here's what this means, because this can be a little complicated for some. Here's what my, um, here's what I like to do as a married folk, is I like to be in relationships with other married people, because we have a lot more things in common. We have a lot of struggles that are the same, especially with young children. So that's kind of the thing that I like to flock to. But my challenge is, is for, for all you married people, if that's the only people you're hanging out with, you're doing it wrong. And, and my challenge for you single people is if all you are doing is hanging out with singles and not getting deeply rooted in gospel-rooted friendships with married folks, you're doing it wrong too. And listen, I'm not anti, let's start a singles ministry. All right? Singlemingle.com. All right, we're not, I'm not saying that's wrong. Is that a real site? I don't, I'll save that. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copyright that one. Um, but but I, and, and I'm not saying those are bad things. I'm just saying if that's your only view of gospel-centered relationships within the church, then you're doing it wrong. You, you can gain value from people. Here's, here's the most staggering thing I think I'll ever say in my whole life. You can gain value from people who aren't like you. Newsflash. That was good one right there. I'm going to write that down later. I'm going to tweet that. And yeah, I'll settle down. Four people applaud. All right, thanks for the rest of you. But think about that for a second and the ramifications. All right, so, so really, though, that means that all of us have some work to do. Think about that, and I, and I, I hammered this on when we were talking about racial relationships. If all my white people are hanging around white people, then you're doing it quite wrong, my friends. We are citizens of the kingdom of God, and that even includes single people, all right? They don't have a disease. And I know that sounds funny, but the church has far too long looked at single people. Well, let's just put them over there in a the little singles ministry. You know, you, honey, you don't have a disease. You are loved by God and loved by this family. Amen, honey. I'm, I'm helping you out, Mir. All right. All right. And here's one that's tough, and I want to go back to verse one. Look at verse one. Here's the other thing for you single folks is that you got to submit your sexuality to Christ. All right. Here's one of those things that's counterculture and very unpopular, and one of those elephants in the room that Paul's addressing that the church needs to talk about. Now, look at verse one. Now, in response to the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to use a woman for sex. Sex slavery was going on. Women were viewed as less thans in this culture. Some things have changed, but a lot of things really haven't changed. Amen. Sex was viewed as a game and just something that men could do to anyone they wanted. And so, but because sexual immorality is so common, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife. And each woman should have sexual relations with her own husband. A, a husband should fulfill his, I like that, marital duty to his wife and likewise wife to her husband. The whole tone here, honestly, in this whole chapter, in chapter 1, is really about that sexuality and, and God's view of marriage and that really that sex is this view of uh, between the husband uh, and the wife. And, 
and, and honestly, if you're single, what that's going to mean is that's going to require a lot of self-control. And I know that's very counterculture because we treat, it's like we treat sex as a way to test the waters and whether or not the relationship is going to work. But here's my boy, Pastor Paul. I told y'all he's, he's a hard hitter. He said, was like, no, your view, your view of sex is counter the Bible. Your view of sex is that you want to get it when you can. You want to use it as a way to make yourself feel better. Your, way, your, your view of sex is, is a way to lord it over people, especially in these, this culture. These men would do that uh, with, with women. And, and so here's Paul telling them, no, 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 no. My people, this is very counter. Mm-hmm. This is very counter to what the Corinthians were used to. Again, I guess I've got to say this one more time. My how things have changed, but they really haven't. He said, "Your view of sex is way off a biblical view. Viewing it as a way to test waters with someone in a relationship to whether or not it will work." Viewing it as a way to just satisfy uh, a temporary craving in your life. As if that's going to satisfy the deep longing in your life. Here we go again. Your identity cannot be wrapped around your sexuality. Again, it has to be wrapped around Christ and Christ alone. Because it will fail you. Listen, singles. If you have elevated your sexuality at a higher view of God, then you will be failed all the time. This is why, all right, this is why pornography is is exploding and has exploded because of our view of sexuality. Right? It's based off of my desires and what I want and when I want it. It's not viewed as something that's sacred in between what God would say, a husband and a wife. So, so, so you have to watch your view of sexuality and matters, single people. Because the world's watching. If you are just like the world, then what do we have to offer the world? And, and let me talk to my married people real quick. Because this goes a little heavier for us, right? When I made my vows to my wife, I made my vows to my wife. I did not make my vows to any other woman. Here's what that means. That my covenant with her is that my eyes and my heart are for her and for her alone. Even when there are disappointments in the marriage. So even when there are disappointments, even when she disappoints me, which doesn't happen a lot, I'm typically the one <laughs> doing the disappointing. How do you know, man? Get your spy cameras out of my house. And, 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 so, and so when she disappoints me, here we go with, with, with me-centered view well, that's okay. I'll either look at pornography or I'll start flirting with someone um, and I'll just start these little small 
relationships with the opposite sex. And, and we just think they're so innocent. <laughs> this is something me and to hear a lot. Like, well, I'm just talking to them. We don't mean nothing. Okay. We've seen that spiral down out of control really fast in a lot of relationships. Where it just starts with one small thing. Well, I just looked one time, preacher. In the Song of Solomon, Solomon. Now, y'all want to talk about a weird book, all right? Now, we've been through it before. I'll spare you. We won't do it again, okay? <laughs> Solomon wrote in, in his little thing here. He said, watch out for the foxes because the foxes will spoil the vineyard. And I like, I like what's not implied, and I like what's not. I like reading into the Scripture, and, and this can be dangerous sometimes if you do this. But I like, like when I look at Scripture, I like that he says that he didn't say, watch out for the bears, Watch out for the mean, big old, ugly bears. No, he said, watch out for the tiny things in your relationship because those small things will turn into the big old, ugly bears before you even know it. Let me move on. All right. So I was, I was going to read another verse. So here we go. Now look at verse 32, and I'm kind of bouncing, bouncing, bouncing around a little bit. This is, a, this is something that I can't do to an extent that single people can do is to use your singleness uh, for the kingdom of God. And here's what I mean by that. Look at verse 32. I want you to be without concerns because the married man is concerned about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord, Sorry, the unmarried man, uh, verse 33. But the married man is concerned about the things of the world and the universal pressing question, how he may please his wife. <laughs> I added that in. And his interests, look at this, they're divided. The unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the things of the Lord so that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But the married woman is concerned about the things of the world and husbands better say amen, how she may please her husband. And all the smart husbands kept quiet. <laughs> I'm saying this for your own benefit, not to put a burden or a restraint on you, but to promote what is proper and so that you may be devoted to the Lord without distraction. I like what he says when you become married, you have this divided interest. Now, here's the best example I can think of. Again, been a long time since I've been single. Uh, but here's what I could probably say as a married man, particularly now with three children. If I were single and someone offered me an opportunity to go across the seas and be a missionary for about a year, if I were single, man, I'd take that opportunity because I was concerned about the kingdom of God. But as a married man, my wife's going to have all my stuff packed up and put in the yard and set it on fire if I even suggest the thought that I would leave her for a year with these three crazy children. 
right? So I'm not saying that you're limited as a spouse to what you can do for the kingdom of God because I believe that my wife and I, we are devoted to the kingdom of God. But here's what I am saying, that there is a ceiling to what I can do. Because if I do plan a trip, we'll go just a week. That requires me to go do something for the Lord. I got to sit down with my wife. We got to figure this whole thing out and strategize this whole thing. And we got to wonder, well, are we even going to afford it? Are we even going to have the time for this? But if I'm single, I ain't got to worry about none of that stuff. If I'm single, God says, Matthew, go to Japan. I'm getting on a flight. Got to raise money first. But I'm going to get on the flight right after I raise that money. And I'm gone, y'all. Amen. I can't do that as a married man. So, so singles, listen to me. You have an advantage that I don't. And now what you need to do, and view this through the lens of the gospel, now you can leverage this for your good, that you ain't tied. It's a bad word. You're not... Married, <laughs> tied in a good way, baby. That's what I meant. <laughs> Our hearts are tied together, boo-boo. <laughs> You're, you don't have that covenant with the person, and so you can leave at the job of that. And listen to me, my single people. Do it. Go. Not right now, but wait. Like, like go overseas. Go to another part of the country. Explore what God has for you. Be the millennial that God has called you to be and fundraise that joker. Get your GoFundMe account started today, baby, and go, go build the kingdom of God. Use your singleness as an advantage to go and build the king. Listen, my single people, there are some young, young people in here, some junior high and some high schoolers who are watching you. You need to leverage that. Invite them in your, your, your house or your little apartment. Take them out to dinner. You can't afford dinner, take them out to something. <laughs> go for a walk or something. Ask their parents to pay for it, right? Use this for your advantage. I can't just drop what I'm doing when I'm with my family and go take somebody out. I can't do that. No, I can't. You ain't married to Miranda, bro. She's going to have them doors locked and the keys changed, man. I got out, man. Save me a bedroom, bro. Look at Paul. We can't ever do right around here. Y'all know what I'm saying? Look at, look at Paul using it to his advantage, sailing across the known world, planting churches. That's an example to some of our single people here. Use it. Leverage it. Go build the kingdom of God. Amen. Don't just sit around and play Fortnite and whatever your choice of poison is as you are single. That does not build the kingdom of God. I'll go ahead and tell you that, Jew thrower. It may build your ability to be a gamer, which your life will be pathetic. Anyway, that's Jude. I'm talking to you, baby. All right. But use your singleness as an advantage. Witness to those people on Fortnite. 
Build the kingdom of God, right? Minecraft. Get your community developed. All right? Every little bit counts while you're single is what I'm trying to tell you. Now, now what do we do? Because i got to hurry. Um, what, do we, what do we do? Help us, God. If you are here and you're single and you're like, Preacher, bro, I'm fine with being single. Shut up. Okay, good for you, boo. All right? All right, great. Go build the kingdom. But if you're here and you're like, well, I'm still waiting, homie. I've been waiting a long time. I'm single. And I have been waiting on the Lord to him to send me somebody. What do you do? All right, because there's a reality to that here. That, that it, it is dark for some of you. And it does get you down. All right, I don't want to be... Uh, lighthearted in all of this. There's a reality to this where some of you are facing the singleness and you, you're like, it ain't for me. I'm ready for God to send me somebody. And just three quick things for you and your pursuit of temporary singleness. Pursue Jesus. All right, I know that sounds cliche, but I think what we could do, though, instead is that we'll just pursue everybody who comes our way. But pursue Jesus. And let me say this. Pursue someone who's after the same pursuit as you in their pursuit of Jesus. They got two things that matter most for you. You ready? The person's belief and faith in Christ and their character. All the other things that you got that you're looking for in a man or a woman, they fall flat compared to those two things because I've seen so many relationships destroyed simply because they were not around Christ and their character was just flat out ridiculous. And that's the most sanctified way I could say that. So you're pursuing Christ. And then you're finding someone who is also pursuing Christ. Because I think what would happen is, is we'll just, we'll, anybody who comes up, we'll just, we'll find them, we go after them. How devastating that is for you. Don't settle for someone who doesn't belong to you when God surely has somebody for you. Surely you just got to believe that and know that. All right, so all your list of things well, he got to be rich. He got to be good looking. He got to be, you know, uh, he got he got to be a Falcons fan because ain't nobody gonna be looking after nobody as a Patriots fan. No offense, but I'm just saying, right? He's a. Uh, I mean, you came in here with a shirt on. You knew what's gonna happen. Uh, you, you know, he got he got to be this. He got to be that. He got to be this. He got to be that. And you got like 400 things that this person got to be at. And and boys, let me tell you something. If you find somebody like that, run. Because you will never be able to meet their standards. And girls, likewise, if you got a guy who's like, well, girlfriend, I got about 400 things that you're going to be doing for me. You need to run. That dude is weird. Okay? I'm trying to help you. Pursue Jesus. That's it. In your singleness, while you're waiting, 
pursue Christ. Because, here's what happens. In your pursuit of Christ, instead of you looking for the magical one who doesn't exist, you in your pursuit of Christ become the one for someone. Does that make sense? As you are pursuing after Christ, you are focusing on becoming the right one for someone. Because Sasquatch doesn't exist. That magical one, I know some of you were like, what? He doesn't exist. (laughs) The magical one, the soulmate, they don't, they don't live. Maybe like in another cosmos, but they're not here, honey. What you need to be doing is focusing on yourself. Focus on you. So here's what you got to do. If you, I heard somebody's feelings. If you, if you are a guy and you're doing things you shouldn't be doing now as a single person, stop it, grow up, and be a man. If you're a girl, grow up and be a woman. If you, if you, if, if, if you're, you're looking at, hear me now, if you're single and you're looking at pornography now, you better stop that mess. You better seek help because it will carry over. And I'm not just single out that. If you're doing drugs, if you're popping pills, if you're an alcoholic, if you're, I mean, anything, if you're a control freak, all right, I'm not just trying to, I'm not just trying to hit on, hit on just a certain group of people. If you got an issue, this is a perfect time for me to plug Celebrate Recovery. You better get your hurt, habit, and hang up under control now because listen to me. I've seen far too many relationships crumble because they brought all their baggage into the relationship and they thought, well, this person will fix me. You can't even fix yourself. And then here's what happens. Well, boo-boo didn't fix me, but I know what will. I'll have a kid. (laughs) Maybe your kid ain't going to fix you. It's going to make your life worse. No offense, please. You want to think that you had all your freedom before? It has been stripped down. You now went from having a little bit of money in the bank account now you broke and hoping that that other check you wrote don't bounce. <laughs> the problem is, is that when we're not focusing on ourselves, we think that, well, there's somebody else that I can put in my life and they'll fix all my problems and everything will be all hunky-dory. And then that person, they hurt you. You're like, all right, well, that's, that's okay. I'll, I'll move on to something else. I'll have a kid. I'll, I'll do this. I'll do that. And you're just in this continuous cycle where you have made a person an idol. You've made sex an idol. You've made marriage an idol. You've made all these things an idol. And they do not carry the weight. There's only Christ who carried that burden for you. And the other thing I would tell you is just to be 
patient. And here again is where I just want to err on the side of caution because I was 19, got married at 21. And I know some of you are looking at me like, oh, you tell me to be patient, honey. So I, I get it. I understand. But please be patient. The Bible would say that your heart is so deceitful. Who can understand it? And if you're not patient, then everybody that comes your way will become that one. But wait, be patient. Trust in God that he will care for you and he will provide for you. Trust in God and use this time now in your patience to build the kingdom of God, to develop those gospel-rooted relationships. And I know some of you, you've been hurt by relationships. You've been hurt by people. You've been hurt by a husband or a wife that's caused divorce. I know some of you have been hurt by boyfriends and girlfriends, and I know this is not an easy subject to talk about. But, man, God wants to heal you. For those of you who are single and you've got all that weight and all that trauma, and my prayer for you is that the Holy Spirit would heal you so that when God will provide for you, and he will, that you are whole and that you are the one that that person needs. Amen. Now, I want to pray for you, and I, and I know this is odd. And anytime we talk about relationships, it's just weird. It's awkward conversations. Hey, let's talk about racial relationships. What? Hey, let's talk about restoring relationships. What? Hey, let's talk about single people. What? You know? It's that those are those elephants in the room. That the world, that the world is wanting to know answers to, but the church isn't wanting to give them to them. But here's a biblical view of all of this right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And so what I want to do, if you if you know, maybe you're here and you are single, man, I just want to pray for you. And and I want the Lord to really just meet you where you are. And my prayer for you is that that Christ would become the ultimate in your life. Again, I know easier said than done because I have a wife. I know know it's really easy coming out of my mouth saying that, and so I don't really understand the weight of it altogether. But just from reading these scriptures and just from a pastoral perspective and the trauma that I've seen in so many people's lives, I can tell you with assurance Christ has to be the ultimate in your life. Amen. If not, then you're on that continuous cycle of disappointments. Okay. Let me pray. Jesus, I, I pray, Jesus, that you would... Thanks for tuning in to Refuge Point Church's broadcast. We hope you were both challenged and encouraged by today's message. We would love for you to join us at one of our exciting worship gatherings each Sunday at either 9.30 a.m. or 11.15 a.m. We're located right off of I-85 in downtown West Point, Georgia. For more information, check us out online at www.refugepointchurch.org. Or you can download our church app by searching for Refuge Point Church in iTunes or Google Play.